Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL podcast. I'm Gary Grambling. And I'm Connor Orr. Welcome to our first midweek show of the season. Uh, Yeah, I know it's week three coming up, but, you know, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, but what we're going to do here is break down two of the games that we are most intrigued by, that, that piques our interest the most, and then we are going to rapid-fire the rest of the Sunday and Monday schedule. And uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's going to go as well as anything has ever gone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I appreciate your confidence. Well, you know what, Gary? First of all, I think I'm just a little, I'm slightly thrown by the fact that our broadcast started with the, uh, the ringing of your home phone, which I just can't, I mm-hmm. still can't get past that. It's a very, uh, it's a very cool thing for me. I love the fact that you have <laughs> that it. I have and a I landline. <laughs> and I think about you every single time uh, when elections come around in November and they're like, we've polled whatever, a thousand Americans age 35 to 50 about this. And I was just like, it has to be Gary. Gary has to be one of these people. I personally sway the political uh, theater more than any person in this country because I still have a landline. <laughs> it's like you. Um, I, I, In fairness, I had one because Verizon, I used to have Verizon. And they said that like, we'll charge you like 12 bucks a month to not have one. Which was a weird thing. Weird. Okay. So they just wanted it in my house. I don't know why. Um, so they could call me sometimes. But f- when we switched over to a, a different phone company, um, that no longer became necessary. Okay. So, No, I, re- I remember when my now wife, then girlfriend, uh, tried to cancel a landline and whatever company it was was just like, no, just keep it. Keep it for free. You might accidentally call uh, Taiwan one day, and we want to collect that money, so just keep it. (laughs) (laughs) We should talk about football, though, Gary. Yes, we should. Uh, Listen to our Landline podcast if you want more on this. Uh, (laughs) However, let's start. This... there are a lot of great games. There are also two terrible games I can't wait to talk (laughs) about during, uh, uh, during our rundown here, but let's start with the Raiders and Titans, which are... 
two 0-2 teams, two playoff teams from last year, and one of them, uh, barring a tie, is going to leave week three at 0-3. I, I kind of have a feeling I know who I think it's going to be, but uh, let's start with this one here because, uh, man, this, this is going off the rails a little bit for both these teams. Wait, which team do you think is going to be 0-3 after this weekend? I think the Raiders are objectively better than the Titans. Not really way better. I'm not talking about this is not like going to be Alabama versus, uh, uh, you know, Vanderbilt or something. But I think they are objectively better than the Titans. What about the head coach? What about the HC? Uh, I do think and we talked about this in the preseason. If you believe in the Titans, it's because of the coaching staff. Uh, they have a very good head coach. Uh, I know the offense coordinator is a bit more of a uh, controversial person in the Nashville area uh, as far as fans are concerned but uh, they are a very well coached team they they will overachieve but I just think it's a bad roster uh, and look I'm not gonna say I love Josh McDaniels I, I but I think he's I think he's a decent coach and I think they have a decent staff in Vegas and I think the uh, the talent level is there's a difference here it's is it weird that when I was looking at it at first, I said, this is a game that I want to talk about because it's a make-or-break game, and it obviously knocks somebody out of the playoffs. But then I mm-hmm. thought, it actually doesn't, right? Because if the Titans lose this game, because of Mike Vrabel and who he is, and because of the division that the yes. Titans are playing in, I think the Titans could still make the playoffs. If the Raiders lose this game, they are, I mean, they're getting lapped in the AFC West. It's not even close. There is so little leeway for the AFC West teams uh, because you're going to have, I mean, look, whether it's the Bengals uh, or the Dolphins or the Patriots take off, uh, it's going to be tough to grab a wild card spot in the AFC, uh, which is, look, we'll get to the Bengals briefly, but uh, it's so tough to lose winnable games like uh, they did against Steelers or like the Raiders did last week against the Cardinals. That's going to come back to bite them. The Titans are a game out. Uh, behind only Jacksonville in their division right now. So, yeah, you can you can fall down just a little bit further, and they will have plenty of time to do this. They, they haven't played a, uh, uh, a, a division game yet, so still time for the Titans in, again, I think the Colts win that division, but uh, uh, it's, it's not a very good division. Uh, the reason, we'll get into this game specifically here. The reason I'm down on the Titans is, number one, when they were at their best a couple years ago, like their best teams like three, four years ago, I realized they got the one seed in the AFC last year. I, I don't think it was... Uh, they had I don't a bad think, schedule last year. Yeah, I don't think they were the best team in the AFC. I think that's not a outrageous take. Um, their secondary used to be so good and so deep, and they are breaking in some new guys, and, uh, you know, I love Kevin Byard, the dude surrounding him, I, I think it's just a bunch of question marks at this point. Uh, so a uh, strength has now become a weakness to an extent. Uh, and then, look, no Taylor Luan on the offensive line. That, you know, that offense uh, already kind of walks a tightrope with uh, down and distance and, and uh, uh, you know, the, the flow of the game and, and what the score is. Uh, gosh, I think they're just going to end up on the wrong side of a, of a lot of that as this year goes on because they just don't have the pieces here. Yeah, and it's strange too because um, looking at it offensively, there was that play in the second quarter where they're driving. I think they had the nice fourth down and one stop where they actually blitzed and got Josh Allen off his off his timing a little bit, and then they took over, and then they hit Traylon Burks for that like 15-yard kind of drag route thing over the middle. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what this was supposed to look like. This is why every, you know, you just thought plug and play AJ Green system makes the player no problem. And then they just stopped doing that. And I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, obviously, the the game dictates certain things where you can't really run your designer offense anymore. But it just seems like they let a lot of things, a lot of people go constantly and then they just don't replace them. It's almost like they're running a um, – I keep having to ask, what's the – who are the bad men who um, who buy <laughs> things? Like they buy businesses and then they sell all the things, but then they make the businesses still exist as like oh, the, shell businesses? Like a, like a vulture capitalist. Private equity, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. 
you're, yeah. you're thinking specific. You're, I mean, you're thinking like all in capital and with the newspapers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's something that I've had firsthand experience with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, those guys. Um, it's almost like I, I'm not saying Tennessee is owned by <laughs> whatever company has tried to destroy my career for the last, uh, and not at Sports Illustrated, by the way. Um, but uh, it seems like that where they're just like, yeah, no, you could, you could, you could do without AJ Brown. You could, you know, Derrick Henry's fine at thirty. You know what? You know he's not thirty yet, but it's like you know you don't need to you don't need to replace him. You don't need to do any of this. Ryan Tannehill's good. Just keep doing that, and uh, I, I I think we've seen their breaking point. I mean, Mike Vrabel has overcoached the Titans in terms of their like Pythagorean win loss expectations. I think every year since he's been the head coach, at some point maybe that pendulum just swings back. Like there's just there just might be too much on his shoulders. He might have found the breaking point. And look, we're trying not to overreact to what happened Monday night. Uh, they just got they got smashed by a really good Bills team. Uh, they were obviously a very makeable field goal away from escaping with a win week one, or if they you know don't give up a couple long Saquon Barkley runs or stop a two point conversion, uh, they do win that game, and and everything might look a little bit different here. But I think this is a team that is going to sort of hang tight with middling and bad teams across the league and it's going to be a lot of games that come down to a bounce or two who got a tipped interception who got a special teams fumble stuff like that uh and other than that i don't know i just don't see them sort of steamrolling anyone like they used to i i don't think derrick henry is quite the same back uh and yeah having you know losing your left tackle is that's a big deal i i just don't think they they have the answers right now it's almost like they i mean the first half of that game with four minutes to go in the second quarter, it was 10 seven before it just got absolutely out of control. And I think sometimes we do, uh, we do that right where we'll, you know, there was, there was a point when the regular game ended, but time continued, if that made sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't discount that scoring Uh, because it's not college football. There's no BCS formula that they have to factor in here. I think everybody kind of packed it in midway through the third quarter. There were some nice moments up until then. And they, I think three times stopped the bills on like critical short yardage situations, which is really hard to do when you have, when you're facing Josh Allen um, which brought me to my first chaos point, which is, um, did you ever play um, NCAA football for Sega Genesis? Were you a Sega guy? Sega Genesis? Wow, that's a long time ago. I did have yeah. a Sega. I didn't have NCAA football for that, though. I was like a PS2 NCAA football guy. No, 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 because it, it had to be the one for Genesis because it didn't work in PS2. But if you were if you played for Genesis um, up until, I mean, I think I had like college football 97 with, maybe it was Tommy Frazier on the cover? For Nebraska, okay. Would that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you were just in goal line defense the whole time, you could <laughs> smash everyone that you were playing, and it made my dad so angry, and he just wouldn't play with me anymore because I, I was essentially playing like Rex Ryan's dad's defense uh, at like midfield and obvious passing downs, and we would just collapse the pocket and destroy everybody. There was a lot of option back then, though, too. Like most of the mm-hmm. offenses were still options, so it just derailed everything. Um, so maybe if the Titans did that, I don't know. I mean, I'm just uh, if I'm just kind of <laughs> I'm spitballing at this point for for old Mikey Vrabel. I, I like to think that uh, uh, maybe we were just really young and we didn't realize that's how college football operated back then. You just get in goal line defense and you just, whatever, five-yard loss in every play. Uh, that's just the way it goes. Did football suck in the mid-90s? I don't remember. Maybe it did. We're so spoiled now. It is so – It is so, not to interject, I was talking to um, Gil Brandt the other day. You know Gil Brandt, yeah. right? Yep. Great Gil Brandt. Um, Gil Brandt was an executive with the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s, 80s, 90s. He's like the of the people who are around who have the most global knowledge of football. I would say Gil is top three. And uh, we were just catching up about the season so far. And he said, football has never been better. It's just ridiculous. It's so good. And to hear him say that made me feel a little bit better because Mm -hmm. I think Back, you defend your eras, but this is a guy who has spanned eras and been like, no, no, this, this yeah. is the good stuff. 
Yeah, and I I sometimes say to myself like oh, I'm gonna go back and watch like a whatever a, a, a Giants 49ers from like 1994 and see how I feel about it now. Uh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that just because uh, I value my time a little bit more. But also, <laughs> I think you're right. I think it would just be uh, a pretty boring game at that point. Yeah, Bill Walsh. What did he know? Jerk. Yeah, he's no uh, uh, he's no Kevin O'Connell. But uh, but yeah. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, this is this is the other thing that's kind of interesting, and I'm sure this won't be uh, where maybe they'll bring it up in the broadcast. But uh, obviously, you have a a Patriots bent with this with this coaching staff, so you have Josh McDaniels. Uh, I'm curious to see what they continue to do defensively there. Uh, I thought they played uh, under Patrick Graham. I thought this defense performed very well in the first two weeks. Uh, I think they. Uh, Obviously, they let one get away from him last week against Kyler Murray. I think a lot of that was just simply Kyler Murray just uh, making superhuman plays. And sometimes that's going to happen, and that's just the way it goes. And it especially happens when you have a team desperate playing from behind and they're working with four downs uh, on every series. That is really hard to stop. <laughs> that's just that's just the way it's going to be sometimes. So it slips away from them, but... Uh, I thought they played well. I think this defense is improved. I think they're still finding their way offensively, but I think there's more than enough pieces. And I would like to, in November and December, sort of be like, oh, man, they, you know what, Raiders should have kept Rich Passaccia. They should have kept him. They should have just kept it going from a... I, I would be surprised if we're saying that, as much as I'd like to. I, I just... Josh McDaniels is a better coach. Uh, Patrick Graham is is probably a better coach than Gus Bradley. I think they end up getting it right. And look, they're probably still going to be that team that goes 9-8 and eight and misses the playoffs. It's weird, though, right? I had this moment, and everyone who is a regular reader of the MMQB knows my general take on John Gruden um, and has known it since the day that he began <laughs> coaching in the NFL again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that I look back on the first like three games of last year, versus the first two games of the Raiders this year. I'm like, okay, you know what? And I wrote this last year, in fairness to John, um, but he did some cool stuff. He, he, there was some neat things happening there, and it, it took him three years to, fi- to figure that out, mm-hmm. um, but now those are gone. And, th- like, they could dial up some deep shots with some reliability, I think Carr felt a little bit emboldened by that point, and it almost feels like we're back to square one. I think he's attempted three passes of 20 yards or more, mm-hmm. and it's completed one so far this season. And maybe if you're Josh, you're setting people up for it, but it's it's 0-2. It's time to stop cultivating mass and to start uh, you know, turning this thing into a bodybuilder. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, I will say in their defense, they, I, I don't think they could. I, I think they assumed they couldn't block the Chargers, and they probably assumed correctly. Uh, I think that's a result there. And frankly, they had a big lead. I mean, it's it's tough to, you know. And look, I think the offense should have done more to close out that game. I think when you are facing Kyler Murray, uh, it is up to the offense to do enough and and just put together a couple of drives where you get a couple of first downs and and you know give your defense a little bit of a breather. But uh, it's obviously two games is too early to make determinations about anything. But I am not uh, I'm not losing sleep over it yet. Uh, but you are you are absolutely right, John Gruden. You know, I don't know how you rate him as far as sort of, uh, you know, a a, uh, a leader of men of your entire organization type of rating. Obviously, his off the field opinions are not something that uh, you embrace. But schematically, yeah, I mean, and and we wondered about that. Schematically, he was he was pretty good. Uh, they were a modern offense that he ran uh, in Vegas, and obviously, he got the best out of Derek Carr to this point in Carr's career. So. Bring back John Gruden. Maybe that's what we'll be saying in November, or December. Boy, who thought we'd? Uh, who th- if the if the Connor of three years ago could hear me now? I don't think I'd be. <laughs> I don't think I'd be very excited about that. I was more complimentary. Uh, the Connor of three years ago would be like Connor, say something, say something. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, for those reasons, and again, I don't think this is a this is a forty-five to nothing game, but 
I think if you have Raiders Titans play a uh, hundred times, which would be awesome, uh, I think the Raiders are going to win eighty of them. <laughs> it would just be the worst NFL season ever. <laughs> like, how, how many days long is the NFL season? That's a good question. Oh, that is a good question. Uh, well, what? Probably five months, so about 150, 160, something like that. So if you just gave them, like, sporadic off days and the Cardinals and, or the Raiders and the Titans just played 100 times, like, that was it. That yeah, was like the whole season. Four and they were just exhausted. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be – I might love that. Yeah. I might get really into that. Yeah. We'd see some real Hunter S. Thompson stuff by the mm-hmm. end. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to the other big game that we want to talk about here. And, you know, this is neat. They're both uh, they're both in the early window. We're not we're not beholden to primetime here. Uh, the television networks are not going to tell us what to do. Uh, let's talk some Bills at Dolphins here, which over the last two years has been a very lopsided matchup when these teams have gone head-to-head. It has not been close. Uh, The fascinating thing to me right now, I I think the quiet story with the Dolphins is they they were not good defensively, and this is a defense that under Brian Flores had, you know, a pretty successful game against Lamar Jackson last year. We're talking about small sample sizes, but uh, um, is this going to be an issue going on? Is this going to be a B or B-plus defense instead of an A, A A-minus defense? Uh, going forward this year. But the other thing is, uh, you know, we we talked about the receivers all offseason, and, you know, does the receiver make the system, or does the system make the receiver? Uh, Right now, the receivers are making the system 
uh, even better, an already good system, even better in Miami. Uh, because quite frankly, if you don't have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they probably do not win that game in Baltimore last week. Yeah, no, you're right. I think that they just have, and here's the thing. I think we fall into these traps two weeks into the season and I can see myself in it now for sure. Um, quite possibly because I got demolished by my father-in-law who had two, a tongue of Iloa and, uh, Jalen Waddle and his fantasy team last <laughs> oh, week. Oh man. Yeah, it was, uh, I was like, why do you have two, uh, like, I would have never told you to draft him in a million years. And yet yeah. here, here he is just kicking the crap out of me. But, um, I think we like two weeks into the season, we we fall into these weird traps where you know we're just like, oh yeah, the Dolphins figured it out, like they're going to be undefeated and awesome, and like why didn't we see this coming? And you know, or you know, you know, you should have seen this coming, whatever it is. Uh, and I think I feel like we're there now with Miami. And granted, the way that they call plays, their process is going to make them harder to defend. That said, I think at some point you know, some team is going to be able to at least put a lid on it. And if there is a team to be able to do that, it would be Buffalo. It's, uh, look, the Bills can do so many cool things in the defensive backfield because of those safeties. Uh, And even with, uh, it's, they're shorthanded at cornerback right now. Uh, Presumably no Dane Jackson in this game. Uh, They uh, are going to have to match up with, with these guys. And we saw last week, once the Ravens had to start putting so much attention uh, toward Tyreek Hill, and you're sort of matching up with a over, you know, a, a day three rookie on Jalen Waddle, that's a huge mismatch at that point, mm-hmm. and that's what the Dolphins took advantage of down the stretch there. But uh, the Dolphins needed two pretty significant coverage busts to get back into the game. Uh, and by the way, I, I, I was going to mention this on the Monday morning show, but uh, I'll mention it now that uh, that first two a throw to Tyreek. Was so much like the viral clip from uh, uh, from the offseason where Tyreek has to stop his feet for the overthrow, yes. or excuse me, for the underthrow. Except again, Tyreek had won by so <laughs> much; he was so far behind Marcus Peters, it didn't matter. Uh, but yeah, Tyreek scored two touchdowns where he was just ten yards beyond anyone else. Uh, was it coverage bust? Was it uh, you know? It, it had. A, did you make a Tua Alex Smith comp? Uh, who did you come to Alex Smith in the preseason? Oh, I don't know. Um, it wasn't Tua, though. It because wasn't Tua. It was... Was it Daniel Jones? It might have been Daniel Jones. Sorry. It, it, I, I, I kind of thought of it, and I couldn't remember who you comped because I'm just not a good listener, but uh, <laughs> those two touchdowns had a vibe of that Alex Smith sort of first half of the season explosion uh, with the Chiefs that year where they were just getting touchdowns where Tyreek Hill was, you know, there's no one else on the screen when he was uh, uh, catching the ball downfield. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's going to win or lose this game. If the Dolphins are pulling off the upset here, it's going to be because the Bills cornerbacks could not match up with those two receivers. And on top of that, the, you know, the play of the safeties and, and the different looks you could throw at, uh, throw at Tua Tungavailoa just weren't enough to overcome that. Do you, what, what do you think, because here's the other part of this, what aren't teams doing to the Bills to stop them? And I'm curious if we almost see an inverse of, because there have been some successful blitzing downs Mm -hmm. against the Bills. At what point are you just kind of like, you know what, we're not going to, we're going to lose by 20 if we play, um, just sit we back play and like, cover two shell. Yeah, if we sit back and cover two shell, and we and then, like, why why not just try to knock this guy around a little bit? I don't know. I mean, things evolve and then re-evolve so much. I mean, could we see? I mean, Mike Vrabel almost never sends additional rushers, but he does in weird, uh, like marquee situations he did it against the Bengals a couple times in that uh in that playoff game last year and he did it against Josh Allen a few times when that game was relevant to some degree of success you're not gonna sack Josh Allen but you're gonna like hit him in the chest and then he's just gonna throw the ball away which is way better than him throwing the ball to Stefan Diggs 80 yards downfield like you're not succeeding against them anyway 
So why not just... Boy, it's just going back to my playing goal line defense idea, I guess. Really, you know, <laughs> just come, just, just come really out and zero blitz every snap and just see what happens. Uh, my personal thought on this is, I I think when Josh Allen and he's going to have a couple off games, but I think it's going to be just Josh Allen beating himself. I think he's going to just have games where maybe the old scatter shot Josh Allen shows up just a bit, and that's kind of enough to uh, to derail this. Uh, I'm trying not to overstate it, and uh, we're going to get to November, December, and, and maybe you'll have a couple off games and we'll all feel differently about it, but I remember the old Tom Brady days, like, it, you know, the 18-1 team, stuff like that, where it was kind of like uh, the only way you had a prayer was just catching Brady off guard consistently, just making him hesitate a little bit uh, and second-guess himself just a little bit over the course of the game. Uh, the problem... And, you know, Josh Allen is kind of succeeding the way that classic Tom Brady did with his precision at the uh, underneath and and intermediate levels here. Uh, The issue is going to be is if you make Josh Allen hesitate a little bit, yeah, that's great. But then he has other stuff he can fall back on. You know, Tom Brady was not going to uh, stiff arm anyone and and run for 15 yards. Uh, Josh Allen can can extend plays in a way that, you know, whoever your favorite sort of uh, late aughts, early teens quarterback, you know, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, that group, uh, he has ways of solving problems that those guys didn't. And I think that's why it just doesn't, it's just going to happen to be bad day. You know, Josh Allen just had a bad day. He was just off today. And that's going to be the answer. God, there's so many of his touchdowns already this year where, Guys were just so painfully wide open. It's cra- And I'm not discrediting. Jo- I mean, Josh can make the throws. We know mm-hmm. that. But man, this thing is well designed. It's just, it's bananas. That it is. All right, let's uh, let's take a trip through the rest of the games here. There are two of them that I'm going to group together toward the end, uh, <laughs> and you'll see why when we get there. I can't remember. Two worst matchups uh, in one week. But uh, let's start with the Chiefs at Colts here. Uh, I I think the Colts are going to keep sliding. But as we discussed with the Titans, there's still time to make up for this. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm infinitely more curious about the Chiefs continuing to develop what I think is a really cool balanced offense. I want to see. I want to watch this game for the sport of it because I feel like this is a defense that they can almost practice against at this point. Um, it's not very good. Uh, they can do what they want to do. Do they try to establish more 12 personnel looks? Do they try to get Clyde Edwards Hilaire another big game? Stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm more, I'm more interested in the chiefs as uh, as a kind of their own personal offensive evolution. The Colts, I mean, you're facing a premier, premier penetrating interior defensive tackle, um, I think George Karlaftis had some good moments, mm-hmm. which, um, boy, I heard his name called a couple times on TNF, Gary, and I was um, I was in the car, and uh, we almost had an accident. Yep. We were very excited about we were very excited about some big moments from George Karlaftis, but um, I don't know, man. You can't block backside on any of your running plays. You can't run zone read anymore with uh, without Carson Wentz. So John Taylor's just kind of a sitting duck back there. Um, I don't know what you do. Um, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited to watch the chiefs. That's, that's where I'll leave. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and the Colts maybe, maybe missing Matt Eberflus just a bit. Even mm. though Gus Bradley did some nice things in Vegas. Uh, let's Where's go on. Yannick and Gawkway, Gary. There. Well, he's showing up. I'll tell you that <laughs> he's there every game. He is, uh, he is <laughs> arriving for work. <laughs> Let's let's go out to Minnesota. Uh, Lions and Vikings. Everyone's back on the Lions bandwagon after the win last week. Uh, weirdly enough, they have a common opponent so far. Uh, Ed Donatel got a lot of heat from Troy Aikman on Monday night, uh, sitting back in that shell. I just wonder if the Vikings are just still working through things in the secondary, and this is just going to be a work in progress as the as the season goes on. I wondered what Ed Donatel did to Troy Aikman. Hmm. When I was watching that game, because uh, I'll tell you what, those two guys and, ba- you know, I will say this about most broadcasters and color commentators in general, don't say a bad word about any of those people ever. And to the point where 
they just basically carry water. Like if there was if there was an offensive coordinator for a winning team that came into work one day and actually this happened. Uh, I was going to say like took an axe and chopped someone's leg off, but Jack Del Rio actually did that. Um, <laughs> didn't chop someone's leg off, but like if there's an offensive coordinator that was like in in their offensive game planning meeting and he had all the quarterbacks like, you know put their hands on the table and then he just chopped all their throwing hands off with an ax. And then that weekend, the, um, that weekend, the color commentators would be like, yeah, you know, everyone in the media is saying this is a big deal, you know, ax out there chopping off the throwing hands of the quarterbacks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think they're playing pretty well, uh, Joe. And it, you know, they carry water for these guys all the time to the point where Ed Donatelle who, as far as I can tell, is a very kind and mild-mannered person, just got slaughtered on TV for no reason. And they're just like, God, the worst defensive coordinator ever, freaking Ed Donatel. And it's like, he wasn't it wasn't that bad. And the Eagles offense is really, really, really good. Really good. And on top of that, I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to make Jalen Hurts try to try to make a lot of throws. I mean, isn't that kind of how you approach the Eagles from a from a broad standpoint? But they're a run uh, first team, yeah. Uh, yeah, on on top of that, like I, I don't know. They're they're still they were such a mess last year, even under Mike Zimmer, who's a very well respected uh, defensive backs coach. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, but uh I guess we'll get a, a taste of it when they host the Lions on Sunday. Uh Ravens at Patriots. I this is a nice get right game for the Ravens after that meltdown uh, last week against the Dolphins. Yeah, you just beat the pants off of this uh, uh, Patriots defense. Uh, you know, you're not getting uh, you're not getting another one of these slam dunk plays from Nelson Aguilar. I'm sorry, Nelson Aguilar is not bodying someone in the Baltimore secondary and uh, running for 70 yards and a touchdown. You know, you're going to have to score more than 14 points, and you're going to have to figure out a way to do it against the defense. To your point, Gary, that had a lot of young players back there, and I think will get better every single week. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. 
The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Bengals at Jets. This is a, this is a rematch from... I. I I remember this game well. Uh, it was right around Halloween. Might have been Halloween. I can't remember when Halloween fell last year, but uh, it was right around Halloween. The Jets upset the Bengals with Mike White uh, at quarterback, and it was completely uncharacteristic. Uh, the worst tackling game I've ever seen from this Bengals defense, or at least in the last like two or three years. Yes, I remember that game vividly. I picked the Jets to win last week. Uh, it was a wonderful upset. I'm currently leading the MMQB expert picks pool uh, nice. in part because of that. But um, I have the Bengals this week. I, I watched both of their games again this week, and I just feel like it's all it's all protection stuff. And I and I and I wonder because there's been a couple of quarterbacks who you hear from in year three where they're getting more control over stuff. And there was that clip from the Cowboys game. Did you see that where Joe Burrow yelled to the sideline, no empty, like stop, yep. stop calling empty set stuff. So I don't know if him and Zach are still working through some stuff. Like maybe Joe is taking on a larger portion of the protections and maybe mm-hmm. he's working through that. Maybe Zach is still like, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to give you any help back there. Cause you're Joe Burrow. I don't know if they're still trying to figure that out, but they have a good relationship. They have really good wide receivers. They're going to figure this out. And so I think this is, you know, you talk about figure it out games. I think this is probably a figure it out game for them. Carson Wentz commanders hosting the Eagles, uh, the Eagles juggernaut so far. And look, the commanders are still kind of, I feel like this has been going on for like a year plus now. They're still sorting things out defensively, even though they, they've put a lot of investment in that side of the ball. And uh, man, when, when the Eagles when the Eagles are playing with a lead and everything's still on the table in that playbook, uh, they might be, uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, they might be as good offensively, certainly as diverse offensively with that run game as, as any team in the league at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, um, what they are for most games is what like the cool Falcons were for about four minutes against the Saints, right? They yeah. are, they're just everything. They're 13 personnel, they're zone read, they're outside zone. And they, you know, they were just like, why not, why pin ourselves into a system when we can just be every single system? Because we have Jalen Hurts and we'll make him kind of just be B plus at everything. But if you're B plus at everything, you can just lean on whatever's working in that game. You don't go in there with a plan that's bound to fail at some point. So I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, the commanders see these guys twice a year. You would think they uh, they would have some sort of plan to lay out here. As far as Carson Wentz goes, I, I think he's been probably 5% better than he was a year ago. Still not quite good enough. We're still not talking about a guy who uh, is anywhere near where he was in 2017. But uh, I don't know. They're still working their way through it. Uh, I know everyone was all up in arms about that weird throwback thing they ran in Detroit. Uh, you can, you can throw it. That's, that's a, don't do that to your quarterback. <laughs> don't do that to your quarterback. Who's working through some stuff. Uh, because that's a super weird play to call. Your eyes are all over the place. Um, just, just let him, just let him play. Saints at Panthers. This is a, uh, this is a warning sign for anyone who is, uh, advocating for their team to tank Two number one picks going at it. And they've both been pretty problematic, uh, really throughout their careers, but now for their second teams. Yeah, um, I would say this. Um, if you are watching this game and you're not a Saints and Panthers fan and you don't have a gambling problem, I would uh, <laughs> I would say to email us because you are really someone who loves football. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go Jaguars at Chargers. Uh, I, I'll be really interested to see how Trevor Lawrence reacts in a game where he's probably going to get, you know, he's going to face a lot of heat here. Uh, going to be a lot of pressure. He's been a little bit uh, scattershot in these desperate moments where he's trying to create uh, good test for him though. Cause obviously they're the Jaguars are very much moving up. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird, right? The division is kind of, I mean, you could put yourself in a really powerful position at this point. I mean, you know, two and one is a statement at this point in the AFC South. So go, go for it. You know, let's, let's take this thing and run with it. 
Rams at Cardinals. Obviously, the Rams just smashed the Cardinals in, in the postseason last year. Uh, the Cardinals did beat them once head-to-head uh, a year ago. What, looking back, was a massive upset. But, uh, yeah, you just kind of wonder, is there a way the Cardinals win this game besides just Kyler Murray doing the kind of thing he did last week where he just takes over and does a bunch of stuff that uh, no one can necessarily plan for? Yeah, I mean, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you might as well just not even call plays. Just let him just kind of draw it up, um, draw it up in the sand beforehand. I think that's that's your most effective strategy at this point because what was happening before isn't working. But who knows? I mean, the the Rams are vulnerable, and uh, they could have another Ramsey and Day. I mean, they 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 could end up taking a little while to get chugging along this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Packers at Bucks. Uh, I, I I'm continually fascinated with this Buccaneers team because they have not been good offensively. I think it makes sense. Uh, that offensive line is a mess. Uh, now no Mike Evans suspended in this game. But defensively, I mean, we already knew Todd Bowles was, you know, kind of as good as it gets as a defensive coordinator. He's a big upgrade at the head coaching spot uh, this season for them. And they might just end up being the best defense in football this year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be um, in order to play complementary football I feel like minus Mike Evans with Mike Evans getting a little bit older without Antonio Brown in the fold, like this, this offense becomes slightly more realistic. Um, No Rob Gronkowski, right? It's a more realistic version of what just absolutely took off and torched people last year. You're not going to have as many open bodies on every down. So you're going to run the ball a little bit more up the gut and uh, you're going to try to play some, uh, some good complimentary defense. Sunday night, 49ers at Broncos. Already, everyone's freaking out about the Broncos here and and their game management stuff. Uh, I would continue to argue the game management stuff will get sorted out. But this is, if you're into narratives, if you're into uh, media overreactions, uh, this is one to keep an eye on. Because if there are issues with just getting the plays off uh, with this Broncos offense, everyone's just going to freak out. Yeah, and it's going to be tough, right? Because if you're Nathaniel Hackett, if you're the Broncos, not only trying to beat you know, you're trying to beat the 49ers, which is hard enough as it is. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, you know, you're probably trying to take advantage of the Broncos perceived inability to get plays in. Um, You're trying to uh, build in stuff that might make that more difficult for them, whether it's running certain plays, um, you know, whether it's uh, putting different defensive looks on the field, like, you know, maybe you don't show your coverage is until pre-snap and then that causes more time off the, you know, just, there's uh, infinite possibilities. There's all these little edges that coaches like Kyle Shanahan can gain on a coach like Nathaniel Hackett, who is still trying to put it together versus someone who has it together. You know, I think that was Bill Belichick's big advantage for years, right? Was that mm-hmm. he just had it together and could kind of create and, and, and deploy all these little advantages through the years. Monday night, Cowboys at Giants. Uh, Connor, you said this isn't a rivalry anymore, but all of a sudden the 2-0 Giants, and you're on pretty even footing here with the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys. Yeah, I would pray for Daniel Jones in this game. I think that this could be Mm. the Micah Parsons five-sack game. Uh, Although the Giants offensive line is playing very well. Andrew Thomas is playing very, very well. He's developing, yep, absolutely. Developing into a premier uh, left tackle. Um, But that's not always the, you know, that's, he could have a great game and Micah Parsons could still have five sacks. Right. Um, and I just think that, you know, Dan Quinn does such a good job moving him around. That's going to be the X factor in that game. It's not Daniel Jones versus Cooper rush, which good luck trying to sell at ESPN, but it's, uh, it's, it's Daniel Jones versus Micah Parsons. And uh, I'm lumping these uh, two Sunday games together. Uh, Lovey Smith revenge game in Chicago, Texans at Bears, Falcons at Seahawks. Uh, these are two just really, really bad matchups. I'm just going to ask you, Connor, uh, and I'll do it too, but power rank these four teams right now after two weeks. My God. Um, okay. Uh, Texans, uh, Falcons, Bears, Seahawks. I would go Falcons, Texans, Seahawks, Bears. Bears in last? I think so. It's wow. really close. Bears and Seahawks probably tied right now. I like the i i haven't I haven't done the Owen Wilson wow, but I like the Owen Wilson <laughs> wow. And sometimes I think, wow, wow, okay. All right, that's the show. We will be back Monday morning recapping all the Week Three Sunday action and. I just want to give everyone the warning now. A mailbag show is always imminent uh, in this world, but 
we are going to start doing them consistently throughout the season, if not a show, at least a segment on the midweek shows. But uh, if you have a question about anything, it could be football, it could be non-football, you could uh, want to ask about the uh, Owen Wilson impression that Connor does sometimes, email the MMQB at gmail.com. The MMQB NFL Podcast is Connor Orr and me, Gary Grambling. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody, and our senior podcast producer is Dan Bloom. Mark Mravik is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, please leave a rating and review, because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.